Welcome to Beer Supervision, the podcast where we forget to press record, um, and now we're back. <laughs> I'm a demoralized yes. man. Yes, you, um, you have been defeated, Aaron, <laughs> by technology. Um, oh, <laughs> my name is Aaron Rajamani, and I'm here with Jesse Richardson once again. It's your birthday tomorrow. That's very exciting. We talked about this. So I'm no longer a special guest? You're a, you, I'm, I'm sorry, um, Jesse. I... Let's rewind. Yeah. You're a very special guest, and I'm very happy that you're here. Thank yes. you. Thank you so yes. much. No, so Aaron Aaron sounds a bit defeated today because he and I were just talking for about five or so minutes. We were ready to crack a beer, and Aaron Aaron didn't press record properly. <laughs> no, it was the recorder. Yeah. How okay. dare you fin this yeah. on me? All right. yeah, yeah, Poor yeah. workman always <laughs> blames his tools, Aaron. Um, but yeah, no, very excited about today's topic, spirituality and mental health. We want to talk about it for a while. Um, so yeah, definitely hyped to get into this. Mm. Um, there's so much to get onto. Um, and we're just talking about Jesse Newton keeping me on task for this podcast yes. and go for two hours. Yes, I will make sure that I, um, I try to keep you on task as, as best I can. Um, and and we'll, we'll go from, from there. I definitely won't let it blow out to two hours. Um, <laughs> yeah, and what will you do if I don't, Jesse? If, what if, if, I, oh, if I go too if, long? If I pull you in and you keep going, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna walk up. I'm gonna well, walk up on stage, on stage, and give you a slap. <laughs> oh, yeah. no. Jesse, yeah. I don't think that's ethical. No, <laughs> no, it's not. And I, I wouldn't do it. Oh, good. Yeah, I, I like you too much, Aaron. <laughs> oh, <that's> just... <laughs> um, <laughs> if you don't know what that reference is, um, you're. Too old? Too young? Who watches the Oscars? Oh, wow. Just went, went straight to ageism. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, don't, I actually don't know what demographics watches the Oscars. Yeah, unless know. there's a brawl on stage. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I, yeah, I definitely had no interest in it until until I saw that footage. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I was like, wow. How did that happen? Because all the winners are just like, like, they just have nothing to do with being good movies anymore, as mm. far as I can tell. Mm. Um, it's just like, who has the most money? I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. Crap, but yeah. you know, all celeb MMA. I am on board for that. Though. Yes, let's do it. Yes, but I guess before we get into all celeb MMA, yeah, and watching the Oscars in twenty twenty three, Aaron, mm. what on earth have, <laughs> have you brought along to drink today? This for those of you at home. I, I think I'm going to have to get like a um a picture up on the the Facebook page for those of you who follow us on Facebook. Um, just to to. So that you can see just how unappealing this can is. <laughs> it's like, it's it's completely black can. And it's got like a sticker on it that looks like it was made on like Microsoft Word and like on paper and then just like plastered on. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got it in Grand Ridge Brewery in Mervu North in sunny Gippsland. Ah, ah yes. where we got a previous beer. Uh, Hatlifter Stout. The Hatlifter, yes. One of my favorites. Mm. I, while I was down there, grabbed the different beer. Mm. And uh, Jesse, what is the name of this Kettle Sour Double IPA? Um, yes, so it is called the Galaxy Fart Blaster. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, um. <laughs> this this better tastes better better than it looks. Um, oh, it's going to take us to a new dimension. I, I have been getting around sours lately, so okay. Yeah, let me see. I'm not a sour that's also an IPA. Or maybe I haven't, I just didn't know that was the mm. case. But yeah, it's also 2.7 standard drinks, so we're going to have a great podcast. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely can't have this one blow out for too long because we are going to start talking rubbish if it does. Yeah. Uh, more rubbish than usual. <laughs> <laughs> how about we crack this open? I, I am I am interested to see okay. how this tastes. Let's do it. It smells abrasive. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> don't imagine a fart. Jeez, that, that packs a punch. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's like the intensity of like an intense IPA plus the sourness yeah. at the same time. Whoa. Whoa. Like, okay. I'm, not, I'm not having a bad time, but I need like a second to process my brain. That was that <laughs> was an assault on the taste buds. <laughs> it was a lot. Yeah. yeah I'm going to have another one. Damn, okay. Yeah, right. Look, I'll keep drinking that. But man. Okay. 
<laughs> it was something. Definitely, yeah. Good, good stuff. More to okay. come. More okay. thoughts to come. Okay, let's let's just put that put that beer right down for a moment. Um, <laughs> okay, so uh, uh, we actually we might need to blow this podcast out to like a few hours just for me to have enough time to finish it. Yeah, we'll do it. Gonna... Um, so spirituality, mental health, very exciting. Um, but also probably a topic that not many people in the mental health field are getting into maybe that familiar with. Mm. Um, and I think that's not just my perception, but from the research I've been doing on this topic, it's actually a bit more of a trend than people might realize in terms of like the separation between people who have a sense of spirituality or just the concept of spirituality and mental health mm. in a way that is, I think is really interesting. Yeah. Um, and maybe, I think we have maybe some stuff to learn about it, um, which I think will be good. I'm very eager to, to learn yeah. uh, about, about this one, Aaron. I'm keen to, for you to um, blow some knowledge my way. All right. So I, I thought it would be helpful to like start with just like definitions of spirituality. So yeah. um, the research I've been doing, I think, Spirituality, you could roughly define it as like a distinctive, potentially creative um, kind of dimension of human experience arising from both like subjective awareness of people and communities and social groups and traditions. Um, but also experience is also like a, a relational thing intimately, like in oneself, in themselves. It could be towards community it could be towards something like a sense of something transcendent beyond mm. um beyond yourself which is super vague because everyone's kind of definition of spirituality is quite different so it's hard to yeah. get like a this is spirituality but i think for most people when someone talks about spirituality you can kind of get like a flavor it's like okay that sounds like spirituality to mm. me it's not it's not really that complicated it's just hard to like pin down in like this is the definition i feel yeah. like yeah um but yeah it's usually to do with like matters like your purpose of your life, truth, values, that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and overlaps quite a bit with religion, which is, which will make a distinction between the two. So religion is like a different concept. Yeah. Religion is like, let's say a set tradition of beliefs and experiences and practices that are like maybe considered sacred or common among a group of people. Um, so like, obviously like thinking of like, the big religions like Christianity and um, Islam, Buddhism, kind of stuff. Um, they're like religions, institutions. Lots of people are kind of intertwining their spirituality in a mm. set kind of or related group of practices. Yeah. Um, so someone can have theoretically a spirituality without necessarily being part of a religion. Yeah. 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 And, and, um, it sounds like that spirituality is, is a very, um, you know, individual, um, sort of, sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but it can also be a, a collective. Yeah. Experience. So it's yeah. Indiv it can be individual. It can be a sense of collectiveness. Mm. Um, but I guess it, what ties it together is like, a yeah, what I said, I suppose like it, it kind of, it kind of, it's, um, it's something that ties you to something within yourself or beyond yourself. Mm. Um, yeah, and what that means for people can be very, very, very different, yeah. um, which is, I think, part of why this is a very interesting topic, because mm. um, I think some people are going to be like, oh, spirituality, that is very hard to define what that is, and it's so kind of airy-fairy, how is this relevant to, like, the, the, you know, the hard science work of me trying to, like, you know work with mental health symptoms mm, and, mm. you know, improve well-being and, like, that kind of stuff. It, it can be hard to be, like, how do, how do these two even, like, relate to each other? People have their spirituality, that's fine, but, you know, I'm doing this thing. Yeah. Uh, it's like, why is that relevant? Mm. I think it's a very interesting question. Because um, it isn't necessarily a hard answer, but I think there's a lot of data that, we can, that we're, we're going to go through yeah. that kind of give us a better picture and maybe help us form, like, I guess, what we think about it whether you have a spirituality or not, I think is something definitely important to think about because 60% in the most recent um, census, like 60% of Australians report having a religion of some kind. Mm. Um, so that's uh, pretty significant. That's not even considering people who are just spiritual but not religious. So theoretically, that percentage is actually, in terms of people who just have a, a sense of spirituality in general, quite a lot higher, yeah. potentially. Um, so it's kind of an unavoidable part of the work we do that the people we're going to work with 
probably going to have a sense of spirituality more mm-hmm. often than not. Um, and so that's a part of the person that we're working with. And so we've got to reckon with that yeah. and decide, you know, to what extent that's going to affect the way we do our practice or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's might be worth starting with like just talking about like my like for, for a point of reference i suppose yeah. like why like why i'm interested in it and why i because like i grew up in a christian church like a christian protestant baptist church if that's that means anything to, to some people i suppose um but it, i grew up yeah and was very heavily involved in church and spirituality and things like that for quite a long time i'm not participating in the church anymore and we'll talk kind of talk a bit about how like there were about well, we'll just talk about it now it's like i guess there was elements of being part of organized religion um that i found very beneficial to my mental health and to my sense of purpose and like my, my ability to connect with other people and mm-hmm. value the work of social work that i was doing but also there were definitely elements of the structures of spirituality and religion that probably harmed a mental health and prevented me from kind of working through things in a healthy way because mm. I was like, this is the only way, mm. but it's not healthy for me, but how can I think any other way? Because that's the that's the way. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of like a bit of both. I would say despite having negative experiences, which is what the reason why I'm not in the church anymore, I would say there's a lot of, even, even after kind of being burned by <laughs> spirituality in a way, I still feel that there is quite a lot of value that I gained from those spiritual practices. Yeah. And so I think, I, so maybe that's part, if, to kind of give context, maybe that's part of why you might perceive what I'm saying as being a bit pro-spirituality, I suppose, full mm. disclosure. It's like you've, yeah. you've um, you know, you've experienced firsthand the, mm. the positive benefits that, um, you know, being spiritual, um, you know, being, being part of a, of an organized religion can have. Mm. Um, and, and I think like, you know, it's, it's, it's worthwhile highlighting that there, there are a lot of positive aspects to spirituality and, and, and religion. Um, like a lot of things, there's um, yeah, positives and negatives that can, that can come from, um, from it all. Yeah. Mm. But I'm, yeah, no, I think interesting, interested to hear a bit more about your experiences. Yeah. yeah. Um, so something I, maybe a good point to start is, like why why might it be um a worthwhile thing to engage with and talk mm. about why not just leave spirituality and spirituality's lane and leave mental health in mental health's mm. lane why you have to intersect them what what would you be what would be your guess as to I mean, why that might be good at, the top, at the top of my head oh sorry off the top of my head um the first thing that comes to comes to my mind is a sense of community and connectedness with with others um, that can kind of that can come from I guess engaging in um, organized religion or um, you know a group group spirituality. Um, this sense of being connected to something that is greater than than just you as an individual. Okay, so do you mean that in like a sense of it can help you? cope with difficult situations or do you mean something different yeah yeah so kind of that sense of feeling like you're a part of something you're feeling supported you are feeling Mm. um that you have a place that you belong that you're accepted Mm. um and and i think spirituality in in a lot of ways can uh can provide that and um your religion as well able able to provide that for people and we we know that these are things that um you know impact positive positively on people's mental health so i guess that's the first thing that comes to my mind um yeah Mm. interesting i I did um when i was at uni i did my honors um research um specifically on um spirituality and social work Mm. and like social work teaching and to what extent like what extent does social work talk about spirituality as an element of its practice because in social work when you're doing it they'll talk about um the different elements of a person you consider like you know, biological, social, like bi- biosocial, mm. but bi- what's the other one? Biopsychosocial. Biopsychosocial. Yeah. Um, but they'll also include spiritual as part of mm. that very often. But in, in my experience, very, very rarely was the spiritual element ever talked about other than mentioned as an important part, mm. but never talked about like, well, what does that actually look like? What are we supposed to do 
without practice that would include spirituality or considering someone's spirituality why is that important like there's no there's no discussion just like the the vague idea that that is important i was like why why is that like mm. why why even bother to mention it if it, you don't seem to really think it's that important anyway um obviously i had maybe a bit of a chip in my shoulder because i had a sense of spirituality maybe stronger sense of spirituality at the time but also i was not in there to like you know, be a Christian social worker or something. So I was like, oh, whatever. Maybe social work just isn't that into spirituality. Um, but what I found when I was doing my research is that there's actually heaps and heaps of research into the connection between good social work practice and spirituality. Mm-hmm. And like a lot, I'm not talking about mental health at the moment, just like social work in general, but lots of research to suggest that it really has a big impact on the way you can relate to and work with a client. Yeah. Um, like one like like pretty significant study found that if you don't engage in uh, if you're working with Muslim communities or people who um, are Islamic and they don't and you don't engage with their spirituality, you, the effectiveness of your practice is like very low. Like it's like almost to the point where it's like near useless. Yeah. Um. I mean, obviously there are exceptions, but in general, it's like if you're not engaging with their spirituality, you're probably not going to meaningfully do any kind of like help them in a kind of meaningfully transformative work. Mm. Um, it's going to be near impossible. Um, so there's lots of research to back the idea that it is something that needs to be considered. Um, there's another um, research study about um, uh, like various groups of people, like let's say like LGBT plus people who have a background of spirituality quite a lot of them, given that, you know, 60% of Australia have a religious background. There's quite mm. a lot of, LGBT people who are coming um, out of, or in or coming out of religious um, circumstances and the effectiveness of the work that is done with those people. Um, this study found it's highly tied into engaging with those spiritual elements mm. um, and, you know, grappling with the, you know, internalized beliefs or um, the their sense of values, things like that. And without engaging with that, you're not really going to get very i mean you can but like there's there's a lot that you're not really going to be able to tap into if you're not yeah. engaging with that meaningfully mm. um, i mean they're um you know they for, for, for a lot of people spirituality and religion um you know encompasses such a huge part of their core being and you know who who they are and their their beliefs and and um you know that their, their overall existence and so mm. i i think um yeah i'm not surprised to hear that that you, you, you know, you're kind of saying, yeah. saying this that, um, you know, with, within like um, Islamic communities, if you're not uh, kind of addressing that spiritual element that you're, you're kind of not really going to make the sort of gains that you want to make. And, and, it, and it makes sense. Um, yeah, like when you put it out, lay it out like that, it kind of like makes a lot of sense. But also when you're in it, it's like it's very easy to like be like, oh, I'll just compartmentalize the person and be mm. like, these are the elements that I understand and I'm an ex- have expertise in. I'll just deal with that, and you know the experts, cultural experts in those areas can deal with that, yeah. and maybe I'll work with them, or whatever. But it's mm. not my purview. Um, but maybe I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. I'll. I'll I'm not going to be all one sided about this. I'm going to mm. talk about different aspects of this. But something that was interesting um, for me when I was studying um was that not only did i find that there were there was very little engagement with spirituality as part of social work teaching my research specifically also find out is that just my course or is it australia wide and it's virtually like from from the kind of preliminary research i did there's very little of it in all social work Mm. like education across all of australia um despite it being still a ma- like there being a massive body of literature saying that it's valuable and that social workers in the field want to know more about it and think it's important and like it's both an experiential level and another research level everyone thinks it's important it's not really an education that's like, interesting it's a massive gap yeah um do and- they do they discuss at all why why they think that is <laughs> <laughs> um they they do but i think maybe illustrated well with like a an anecdote when i was in one of my classes i um there was uh it was, was talking about like how it was like more of like a broader kind of um sociological perspective on you know different aspects that um 
different things that influence the way culture is in society. And one of the topics brought up was like religion and spirituality and how that affects people. Um, I think someone asked, asked a question about, um, you know, like, you know, to what extent do you think, you know, Christianity is like an important part of society and valuable and something we need to consider. Mm. Um, I can't remember. Yeah. Something, someone asked that something to that effect. And the teacher was like, well, look at the, um, the abuse in the Catholic church. I think that tells you all you need to know about religion. Mm, And I was like, wow. Okay. I mean, like, yes, (laughs) like, like, don't shy away from that. But wow, that's a big brush to paint religion with as like an educator of yeah. like social work students. Mm. And like, I mean, like I, my sense, no, I, and I wouldn't say that all, definitely not all the, are like the educators at my university were like that, but definitely there was a sense that either they were kind of a bit opposed to religion and so just avoid talking about it mm. or they were just uncomfortable with the topic and so kind of yeah. passed it very quickly and you know that, that that would be so you can kind of appreciate taking that sort of uh, opinion and, and viewpoint in with you into your your clinical practice how just how invalidating something like that can can be to someone who holds religion or spirituality as being something that is is really quite central to to their being Mm. Um, mm. um, and like, I, I did call her out on it, like afterwards, after class, just like yeah. sp- speak to her about it. And she was like somewhat apologetic, like kind of conceded it on an academic level. I suppose like, yeah, technically you're right. But you could see that like where her heart was, was like, yeah, this is like, this is not something we really need to like yeah. be promoting or considering. Mm. Um, and look, and I, um, and I don't know exactly where that comes from and maybe a very valid place. I don't mm. know. Um, but I think that's paints you a somewhat of an idea and the, and the research backs this up um, of the kind of place that religion sits within some of social work. Mm. Um, and I think also mental health. And there's like a history why that is. Um, there's kind of like a bit of a, a divide. Historically, um, religion is highly tied into social work practice. Mm. Like s- social, like that concept of like a lot of the concept of social work practice came from like charitable work from churches um, and things like that. Um, I'll tell you a bit more about that actually. Cause like, um, it's like a lot of like the kind of concepts of like healing physical illnesses obviously came from like, um, spiritual teachings or like, you know, you can heal through like prayer mm. or, or like that illness, mental illness is like a demonic possession or something. And that's like early ways of people understanding mental health. Yeah. Right. And so we're all, uh, we're all possessed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so there's definitely like a strong kind of like early history of mental health being understood through a spiritual lens. Yeah. So it's definitely not like, this is not something I'm trying to inject in. This is like a history. And then over time, like the 17th century mental health became more medically understood. And then along came our boy Freud, <laughs> daddy, daddy Freud. And, um, you know, laid down the law that religion is like wishful thinking um, and uh, disavowal of reality. And that was actually like pretty influential in terms of how the mental health field kind of viewed religion for a long time, probably up until like the late 20th century. Mm. Um, There was a review in 1969 I found, which was like a guy called Sanau, who says, um, who did a, a literature review of religion and spirituality, mental health, and decided that there was no evidence that it was any benefit to well-being. <laughs> <laughs> Has that changed since? Huh? Has that changed since? Oh yeah, there's yeah. there's a lot of there's a lo- there's a lot more now um, coming up past the tw- into the 21st century. Um, perspectives in the field have definitely changed yeah. quite a bit. Mm. Um, yeah, like the World Psychiatric Organize- um Association, it's like fully considering it as an important part of our consideration when we do mm. mental health work. Um, should they like, they even to go far to say that practitioners should be able to demonstrate an awareness, the respect and sensitivity to spirituals, people's spiritual experiences yeah. and beliefs for yeah. sure. So definitely a long way from that. Um, but I think the legacy of that still continues. It's still like a thing that affects the way we think about mental mm. health and spirituality for sure. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, I found some research that's like 
survey like late 20th century thoughts about mental health professionals. Um, and I found that as a whole, as a proportion, mental health workers tend to be less religious um, yeah. than the general population, which I think is interesting. Um, yeah, and many, and so many, many health workers don't feel like religion is relevant to their work, but also many religious groups consider like secular mental health concepts to be kind of in opposition to their spiritual beliefs. Mm. Um, and so maybe can discourage people from seeking mental health treatment. Yeah. Um, so it kind, of, it kind of sounds like they're at odds with each other at the moment. To an extent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, not but, like not yeah. at odds, mm. but um, yeah, I guess groups on, on, on both sides, it kind of feels that way. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, I think we're like at the moment, like into the 21st century, we're moving into like a different space mm. where... I think um, religious organizations and the mental health field are both much more open to the to each other. Yeah, um, we're still in the very early days, but there's definitely a lot more crossover than there was before. Mm. Yeah, um, but yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, any thoughts coming up at the moment while I look through my notes? Um, I think you've. You've picked one hell of a topic. Yeah, it's a whole thing uh, for us to for us to um, yeah discuss and, and think about here today. I um I guess thinking about you know mental health clinicians tending not so much to I guess identify as as, as religious. Um, I wonder how much of that I guess comes from you know, some of the, the, the work that, that mental health does being, being very much grounded in science. And I'm not saying that the two can't exist, that you know, religion mm. and, and science yeah. can't, can't exist together. Um, but I wonder if there just tends to be more people who go into say like, um, you know, the scientific study tending to be mm. a bit less religious, uh, maybe or, or, Less spiritual, yeah. I guess um, spiritually though, it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's a difficult thing to really tease yeah. apart why yeah. it is the way that it is. Because mm. like, like in my mind, having come from a, a spiritual background, it feels to me like the two make a lot of sense together. Um, and so it's it, it was in, in another way, it's interesting for me to see how people think they don't fit mm. together. Um, and I'm like, I mean, and it, it makes sense, like, the way, when, when I do read about why people do think, I was like, yeah, that, that makes sense. But also, it's like, it's something that I'm learning as opposed to something that I intuitively think. Yeah. Which is interesting. Mm. Um, yeah, because, like, so, um, there was a big, like, systematic um, literature review about um, people's, ex like, spirit spirituality amongst adults um, going through mental health treatment um, in last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, last year. Um, and there's a few big themes that came out in terms of, like, if you're trying to think about, like, well, how does this make sense? Like, concretely, how does spirituality connect with mental health therapy? How can they meaningfully fit together? Because we're talking pretty broadly at the moment. Here are some kind of ways that um, people have talked about it. So one topic might be um, in terms of meaning-making. Um, so people trying to understand how their mental health fits into their kind of journey of their life. What does that look like? And using um, spiritual concepts to make sense of that. Um, but it's also sometimes a problem because when mental health on sex conflict with the kind of a mental health services understanding of an illness and then the person or their, their religious organization is like, no, actually, um, I don't think it's, depression it's me going through you know a, a difficult spiritual time um that god is testing me and, mm. and i'll come back the other side in a sense that's conflictual but in another sense if you're thinking about it in terms of how does this person make meaning of this and how do we move forward it's not necessarily yeah yeah so it's like they're they're going through yeah essentially the exact same thing they've just applied two different sets of of meaning to it but that doesn't doesn't necessarily mm. change yeah. Yeah, what's what's going on or or how we can manage manage that. And I think that 
I have no doubt that rubs people the wrong way because mm. they're like, that's not what's happening. I'm not going to make stuff up. This person's, you know, just making up this thing, this thing. And I don't believe that's how can mm. I play along with this person's beliefs. Mm. I can see how people would be um, put off by that. Like, how do I work with that? Um, I guess my counter to that would i suppose be like it's not your journey <laughs> in mm. a way like mm. you're, like you're you're there for them to help them make sense of their of their journey and move yeah. forward um well, i think i think you 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 um you know raise a really good point there it, it is not your journey mm. um and if if this is the meaning that you know someone someone uh, applies to what's going on for them with their internal struggle um, I think we need to, you know, we, we definitely need to respect that. Um, if you try and, you know, f- like fight, fight with them on that being like, yeah. no, this is depression. You are depressed. Like this is what's happening. Here's a book that tells you that this is what's happening. Um, sure. At the end of the day, you might leave that session feeling, yeah, I'm right. I got this, but mm. that person's probably not going to come back. Yeah. Um, and you're not gonna convince them of yeah because like it's it's a fundamental part like for many people it's a fundamental part of their identity mm. it's the way that you know they make meaning of their lives and so how helpful I suppose is it really to destroy a part of their identity so mm. that you can do the work the way that you want it to do yeah. obviously I don't think anyone's actually doing that but I guess that's the reality I suppose yeah. Is that that's the structure in which they, they think mm. it's maybe very different to the way that workers think about it. Yeah. Um, so what do you do with that? Yeah. Jeez, that's a, that's, <laughs> what do you do with that? Aaron? Yeah. I mean, I'm not, there's not an easy question. Mm. Mm. I mean, I guess my first thought is you, you kind of just need to meet people where they're at um, and work with them in a space of, I guess, tolerance, um, and, and curiosity and, and, and acceptance of what's going on for them. Um, it's probably yeah. a decent place to start. Because <laughs> yeah, according to this like um, research, quite a large number of people with spiritual experiences who engage with mental health services f- express frustration that like there's, one, a lack of provision for within the services for them to express their spirituality, but also feeling like their spiritual experiences were dismissed as not mm. like a relevant part of the practice, mm. despite it being like a key part of their understanding of the yeah. practice. Um, and so, yeah, obviously that's pretty disheartening. And yeah. if, if you don't feel like someone takes your view of the situation seriously, you're probably mm. not going to like be that engaged well, with their it. perspective right it's, yeah it's kind of like um if spirituality is is really at the core of someone's uh you know being and it's it's really a core value for them and that's just something that's kind of poo-pooed or, or glossed over or, or made to be kind of minimized and and um, viewed as not as not important um i can't imagine anybody who would <laughs> who would kind of take that and then be like geez that that didn't suck i really <laughs> enjoyed it when that person just kind of <laughs> Mm. you know, dismiss this part of me that is, um, you know, so significant to me. You know, we wouldn't do it if it was for any any other sort of like core core value or belief. Yeah. And so like um, a lot of people, like a lot of people's spirituality may um, intentionally not include that because they're kind of fearful that mm-hmm. if they say that, then it, the person might think, oh, that's part of their mental illness um, or that, you know, it'll be misinterpreted because they don't understand it very well or whatever it might be. And that in itself is like a, is a hindrance in itself mm. to doing good practice if that person just doesn't want to talk to you about it. Um, in the same way that, you know, not expressing your willingness to engage with cultures that aren't your own can make people hesitant to engage with you mm. or not fully express what they really mean. Um, because they don't, they're scared that you'll misinterpret their cultural experience or yeah. that you won't really care or, you know, mm. um, I think there's a lot of overlap between, this isn't in the research, it's just my thought, but like, there's a lot of overlap between, um, cultural competency and spiritual competency, I yeah. think. Um, I think they can function in quite different ways, um, uh, 
but the kind of maybe like the underlying principles of why they're important and why they're worth considering as someone who may not be from that culture or from that spiritual background. Mm. Is this the same, the same value, the same ethics? Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good point. Mm. Um, how, I guess I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to inject a, a bit of a pause here. Yeah, do it. I feel like this beer is <laughs> taking me to like <laughs> another, another spiritual plane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about it. Like I, I will, I will reserve this my is, final review for the end, but it's, it's interesting. I'm actually having uh, quite a good time with this beer. Yeah. I would drink it again if it wasn't so hard to procure. Yeah. Actually it does have a distribution in Footscray maybe. Yeah, okay. It's got a PO box there. I don't know. Mm. Maybe we can get it somewhere close. Yeah. But um, I would yeah, probably drink this again. Yeah. I keep drinking it. I mean, I'm mm. drinking for the... For the fart. For the, for the farts. Yeah, for the farts. For the blasts. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, there you go. Um. And so I guess it's a lot of broad... Broad, broad talk. Yeah. Maybe we'll get more... religion specific. and mental health. The more specific. Yeah, I wonder. I guess you know, for like the second, the second half. Yeah. Well, thereabouts. So I assume we're about halfway through. Yeah, about yeah, there. Yeah. Um. If you if you had plans on narrowing and looking into a bit more of a specific. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, let's talk uh, about um, like what in practice that might look like in terms of the way you do therapy. Yeah, I actually think that because that, that's something like listening listening to you talking about this all, all like now. I'm like, yes, there are a lot of really really good things here to consider, good points that 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 are, are raised, and and I think um, definitely had a lot of thoughts going through my head as as I've as I've heard you talking. I'd love to learn a bit more about how I could, uh, you know, incorporate a bit more of this into my own practice. Um, mm. And I guess. And you, you might not have the answer to this, but how to be more um, sensitive to these sort of matters and how to, um, I guess, yeah. yeah, work with that. Yeah. Well, I guess in like, we go into just like a practical sense. Obviously, like a lot of, I mean, most of the literature is just about talking about having, how having spiritual belief significantly improves your ability to just like cope with difficult situations mm. um there's data shows that a positive association between spirituality and mental health um shows like um improvements in like um uh what's it called prevalent mental illnesses like depression um it's like a study found that uh, the, a study that reviewed 444 studies, um, 61% of them found uh, a positive relation between um, spirituality and depression, mm. um, 75% between spirituality and suicide, 50% um, anxiety, 86% alcohol use. 80, so it keeps going on. Like There's actually like quite a lot of research that suggests that just having a sense of spirituality... Um, and being part of a religion can be a very protective factor. Obviously, mm. there are there are lots of exceptions to that where religion can be super harmful mm. um, and you know putting you in harmful, negative mental health spaces. No doubt that is the case. Um, but in broad strokes, um, in terms of its general influence on people's mental health, when it's a positive experience it can be a very positive experience for mental illness. There's like a, it's not a causation, mm. but there's definitely a very strong kind of yeah. correlation. So yeah. it has the ability to be really quite a profound protective factor for people. Yeah. yeah. And so like, I think with that in mind, considering um, how it might affect therapy. Um, so there's a few, um, when I was doing this, there's a few like um, therapies that people have um, developed but most of the research is just about coping, really. So there's not a there's not a huge like um, yet not much that much on terms of developing strategies. But definitely um, a bunch of research into how um, integrating spiritual belief into like narrative therapy 
um, and what Carl Jung calls a healing fiction, which mm. I feel is a little patronizing, but you get what he's saying, I suppose, um, that it, um, it's a, uh, he calls it an underestimated approach to illness. Um, spiritual meaning making, you know, may hold better understandings to assisting recovery, mental difficulties. Um, mm. But yeah, thinking about it in terms of like a narrative sense and how you would approach narrative therapy um, and constructing that explicitly thinking about how, how would I integrate this person's spiritual understanding into that yeah. as opposed to just the events that have happened in their life and kind of um, putting it together um, yeah. in that sense. Um, but uh, there's, oh, there's... Let me find that one. Find, there's a few... Um, there's a few that are local, actually. Yeah. So Naomi Godin um, at, at Monash Uni in 2017 developed a, um, a kind of therapeutic framework called the Love Ethic, mm. um, which is about supporting and empowering people um, as part of like a, a larger kind of anti-oppressive practice. It's very like very social work, um, yeah. but it's definitely like a, a social work framework um, that's been recently developed here. Um, there's also um, one called, um, I can't remember her, their first name, Kelly, in 2009, um, uses Bowlby's Secure Base um, and work of like a theologian um, called Gordon Kaufman to integrate Secure Base to like thinking about God and thinking about God as like an attachment figure, mm. um, which I think is super interesting. Um, and, and so the concept is called attachment to God as like a framework for people who have experienced loss. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that, that is interesting to, to kind of think about. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, can... and when you think about it, like, in yeah. words, like if, if a person thinks about God as a real and tangible thing in their life mm. that meaningfully impacts the way they think and, and, and they, have, they have a sense of having a relationship to God, why wouldn't that be a meaningful way yeah. to think about attachment? Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly what I, what I was thinking. It's like if you have, uh, you know, if you are... Um, you know, spiritual and, and religious um, and you, you have a deity that is kind of at the head of that and you you communicate or you pray to that, um, you mm. know, that God um, and that's a really big part of your life. Yeah, it, it does kind of does form a bit of like an attachment and you there's, there's security in... Um, approaching it from from that perspective for mm. for the person that's going through that, like the, the 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 closer I feel to God, the more attached I feel to God. It's like I'm engaging in behaviors that help me to feel more, you know, closer to God, more attached, um, and and secure within within that space. Um, very interesting way of mm. of thinking about that one. And there's also like in terms of just like general CBT, there's lots of um, stuff about um, just like modified cbt that specifically integrates christianity mm. or judaism or islam hinduism buddhism all of that um yeah and there's yeah there's lots of meta-analysis to show that they're effective yeah um just as effective as cbt mm. but for that person in that particular situation perhaps more so mm. well, um, i mean so they should um, so they should have, uh, you know, modified versions of these therapies for, um, you know, people who are, uh, you know, spiritual or, re or religious. And that's a, a really big aspect of their, of their being. And they're, they're coming and they're seeking mental health support. Um, yeah. Um, there's also like, um, spiritual assessment tools. I mean, how <laughs> it's like, it seems like. We do a lot, use a lot of tools in our work. So another tool is like, oh God, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if that is something that's going to be helpful for you and your work, there definitely are spiritual assessment tools. I love, I love learning, learning about new tools. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm just going to go on a, on a bit of a sidetrack here. Yeah, go on. Uh, I love it when like people come up with the names of tools and you know, obviously <laughs> like they come up with it to, to create an ac acronym and, and stuff like that. And there's one that I've um, I've recently come across, which is like used to as like just a bit of a scale for uh, indicating how like nauseous um, young kids are feeling. It's it's really really, but it's called the BAF scale, <laughs> and like all the the letters, yeah, uh, the acronym acronym is yeah. um, is BAF, and I was just like, that's beautiful. I love that. <laughs> what what do you think are some 
ethical considerations for integrating spirituality into mental health work. Some of the things where, you know, like, because obviously there are a bunch of people who are very hesitant to integrate spirituality mm. into mental health work. And I think for good reasons. What off the top of your head would you think um, that might be? Like, what would you, what would be your concerns? Because I think these are like, there are some big reasons, which is why social work is very hesitant to integrate spirituality into a lot of its like main kind of theoretical frameworks, even though it kind of gives a bit of lip service to it. I guess the first thing that that I I think about is for uh, some people in society um, have had quite negative experiences with, uh, I guess, religion and and spirituality. Mm. Um, And they, they can be really quite traumatic um, and trying to apply, I guess, a, a spiritual or, or religious sort of framework within to your work uh, would strike me as a bit tricky because it's like on the one hand you want to gauge their religious and spiritual so like beliefs and, mm. and what's going on and, and their relationship with that without then kind of putting them in a, in a position where you're then kind of putting them in a spot where they have to talk about something that is you know, deeply traumatic for them. Mm, interesting. Yeah, right. So it's like they've come to you for like the the secular science, mental health, and then you're talking about spirituality. And you're like, that's not what I wanted. I wanted mental yeah. health. Yeah. Or, or to the, oh, yeah, um, kind of like maybe not being ready to kind of broach that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That would like, that would be my first, first thought, but mm. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm curious, curious to hear where, you, where you're going to take this one, Aaron. Yeah, I, will, I, I think one thing that even before I did it, like something that I've, I've having part, being part of the church, I've always been really kind of sketch about is people with religious beliefs going to do like, going to be like, do therapeutic work or be, you know, school counselors or whatever. Um, but the only kind of, meaningful training they really have is in spiritual practice and not necessarily like the practical skills on how to do mental health work or therapeutic work or Mm. like like psychosocial work or whatever um and so they kind of in a sense like impose or only have the framework of spirituality to engage with the work you're doing and that can be i guess harmful or just like ineffective uh, if that's not the way yeah. that the person you're working with is thinking mm. um what, what's the word for when you try to um or not try but you um yeah you try to bring people over to to god or oh um that evangelize evangelize that's the one i thought it could have been evangelize but then mm. i was like no, that, that, that doesn't sound right yeah. it's like you're going like not, yeah, yeah. To, not to evangelize with the, within i guess the work that you're doing so it's like if you do have like, you know, have that strong spiritual sort of belief. Mm. You, you know, your session is there to help them and, and you're wearing your mental health hat. You're not wearing your evangelist hat. Yeah. And and, it, and also, like, if you think about, like, the history of social work, it's very, it was very much steeped in, like, Christian beliefs mm. and, like, what is the right Christian thing to do. Um, a lot of, like, stolen generation stuff where um, people, um, Indigenous people were taken um, from their families yeah. um, was with oh, with the umbrella of the church and making them good Christians mm. and things like that. And so there's a lot of, like, really horrible baggage that the social work profession carries. And so it's, I think it's, um, that really explains why a lot of social workers want to pull right away from that as far mm. as possible. Um, mm. Because the last thing they want to do is repeat, like, the mistakes of the past. Um, and also, yeah, there's lots of, like, I think, like in, in my experience, lots of, like, kind of, shady counselors out there who'll be like i'm doing counseling but really it's like christian counseling and they don't really Mm. like make that very clear Mm. um and they kind of integrate their spiritual beliefs or religious beliefs into the values that they inject into therapy yeah um so that i think that is a real i guess ethical concern and a danger if um in kind of promoting spirituality as an important part of therapy yeah um, and especially yeah. for the for the consumer who is, you know, going going seeking out a service that they are hoping is 
uh, you know, going to be effective and, um, you know, grounded in, in good, good research mm, and yeah. effectiveness. Um, and then they get an experience that is uh, not at all what they were expecting um, and one that they don't find too helpful. Mm. The impact that that then has on them and their willingness to seek mental health support in the future. Mm. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I personally know great counsellors and therapists who have religious or mm. spiritual belief, yeah. but don't like, you know, inject that into their yeah. therapy and do good yeah. work. So it's not that that is like a... But I think that is like the uh, uh, a thing that people are really worried about, yeah. and that has been in the past and continues to be an issue. And mm. so I think it's worth considering, even though I don't, I personally don't think it's like an intrinsic risk of doing engaging in someone's spirituality because that's yeah. like it just seems like more just like bad ethical practice as a yeah. therapist. But there's a lot of history to it, and we need to like consider that and wear that up. Yeah, no, um, that's, a, that's a really good one. Yeah. Um, also, just like, um, let's say someone you work with has a spiritual belief and you share that belief. Should you be sharing your experience of spirituality as part of therapy or is that not your place to do that? Mm. Um, should you be integrating your understanding of spirituality or should you just be work like kind of working with their understanding and kind of working as though you're a secular clinician. Yeah, it's like you can use a lot of your, you know, uh, knowledge and understanding of that to provide really good therapeutic work for the person, say through like being able to really um, connect with the, um, what they're going through and, mm. and empathically like, you know, highlight that to them. Um, but yeah, the self-disclosure on, on that one would be... Um, be interesting, be yeah. Darcy. And I, I think a lot of... Um, counselors who will advertise the, themselves as like Christian counselors will have that boundary where they're like, mm. well, I'm, I'm a Christian and I, and you know, we're doing, you wanted a Christian counseling that engage with spirituality, but you know, like we're talking about your spirituality and they might inject bits and pieces here and there. Mm. But it's not necessarily like, that's what, like so there's, I think there's a quite a, there's a range. Yeah. Some people who will be like, you're coming for Christian counseling. Here's let's crank open the Bible and have a look. Mm. Um, and there's somewhere will be like, well, I'm doing this because that's just something that's valuable to you. And I understand your beliefs because that there is also my beliefs, yeah. but I'm working with you, not with me. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a range. Think, and that, yeah. that's where like the, like where is the correct that's ethical the boundary? That's the important distinction, isn't it? Mm, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. yeah. So there's a, I think that, yeah, there's a lot to consider given the kind of heavy weight of history where I guess religious integration with, um, and I, I would say, like, uh, I'll speak as someone who's been part of the church. Probably in in Australia, probably predominantly Christians have done a lot of kind of harm in that men in that kind of helping space by mm. integrating their beliefs in places where it didn't really belong. Mm. Um, and so I think that plays a big role in that kind of separation where people just don't want to have a bar of it because of the harm. It's like better avoid mm. it than do the th repeat history. Yeah. yeah. And I guess going back to when you were in um, uni and um, you kind of mentioned that mm. um, lecturer who, you know, paint like a very broad stroke of, of religion and, um, and its place within, I guess, social work and, and mental health. I think it, it does to a certain degree reflect, I think, some of the attitudes and um, perspectives that people take. Um, you know, that, that are in kind of the mainstream at the, at the moment. Mm. Like, I mean, it is something that is, um, you know, very much over the, over the past decade and, and, and even longer than that, something that's been at the forefront of a lot of people's minds. Um, you know, there was the, the Royal Commission. Um, I can't remember the exact title of that Royal Commission. Was it institutionalised? No. Um, the one on sexual abuse. Yeah, for... Um it's like it was focusing on institutions yeah. like the church and other non-government yeah. organizations. So this is something that I think has been at the forefront of a lot of people's minds. It's something that gets a lot of media coverage. I mean, if you look at the, um, the example of like George Pell, yeah. um, huge, huge media attention. I think that coats mm. people's views a fair bit. And I do wonder how much that kind of coverage and attention and stuff like that impacts on people's reservations, maybe about exploring that space a bit more or, or learning well not learning but mm -hmm. um, yeah 
you know, and approaching I, I, those I, I topics. It's totally understandable. It's like yeah. you watch like a movie like or like fucking Spotlight, and you're like, "Fuck the church, I'm out." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like you just like good, it's good just, movie like, by the way. Oh, great like, movie! Yeah, I love it. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, it's like it's like like mm. the harm is so intense. Yeah. Like it's like how do you even begin to be like? Where's the if, especially if you're not part of it? Yeah. How do you even begin to be like? Where's the good in that, well, that when the harm is yeah, so great? Yeah, that's it. It it is incredibly hard to I think um, come come to that and, and mm. to 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 be like yeah, where is the good in in something like child sexual abuse? Because there isn't. There flat out isn't. No, no, yeah, like um, it's like the no, institution yeah. though. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 and and um, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's just it 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 it's coded in something that is so hard for us to to um you know really reconcile and to to come to grips with that yeah it just makes makes it a really mm. tricky tricky subject yeah so yeah. before we get to the the final review of the beer which i'm very excited i'm really interested to hear what you think about this it's, a, it's a very i think feel like this is a very mm. polarizing beer mm. i have a lot of thoughts but i think somewhere to like end is kind of like maybe like the next kind of frontier where we're thinking about this cuz at the moment we're kind of in the maybe the way I, I perceive it is we're kind of in the religion is a cultural competency that you should, you know, integrate into your work maybe kind of thing. But I think in a broader sense, spirituality or your engaged spirituality is probably really does make sense in the kind of biosocial um Biopsychosocial. I should know psych. I work in mental health. I should think about psycho a bit more. No, like, yeah, psychosocial model. Um, That we should think about it in that sense because it's not just religion or no religion. Like, people's sense of spirituality is so much broader than Mm. religion. And it is so much a part of so many people's lives. And all the lack thereof. There's not a lot of, there's very little research into how people who identify as atheists, how that may affect the way they think about their sense of self-worth and value and mental yeah. health and things like can that. You, you can be atheist and, and still spiritual, can you? Or is, is atheism, no. there's no spirituality there? Look, I'm not going to make a hard statement, mm. but it doesn't seem like that would be the case. Because yeah. I, I guess one of the things that but, I... Th- but I guess atheism is a disbelief in the concept of a God yeah. doesn't necessarily preclude spirituality. Because I guess you can have like, you know, um, a deep connection with nature as, as being your like spiritual outlet. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, that's that's so a great I, point. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I fail to see how atheists couldn't connect with that. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and so that's the thing. I think it's like, it is, it is more broad ranging yeah. and a, a more universal experience that I think is given credit. Mm. Um, and it's a big area of the human experience that we're not meaningfully, meaningfully engaging yeah. or as well as we could be. Yeah. And I think that's a, it's, I guess for me kind of listening to, um, yeah, everything that you've spoken about today is, is a, is a pretty key, key sort of takeaway. We're not engaging it as much as we could be. Um, and is that something we need to, we need to be thinking about changing and incorporating into our practice? Yeah, and I think, yeah, bottom line, it's like, ask the question, I suppose. Yeah, like, is spirituality an important part of the way, you know, you live, the way you think about the world? Mm. And that's something you want to include in the way we do our work and how might that look? Like, it's like, it's not rocket science, and they can say no. Yeah, if someone someone says no, you just, you you move along, you keep keep going. If someone says yes, it's like, well, that's actually a really important chunk of information for you to have for my formulation. Absolutely. It's like, like, if they say yes, that is is a huge amount of stuff that you can work with. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, So, there's been a... I think this is probably the first time I have gotten to this this deep into a podcast. Or the beer review. Yeah. Where I actually haven't finished the drink. I haven't finished either. I've been yeah. very delicately Yeah. Sipping it. This these every sip packs a punch. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have a few more. Yeah, yeah. Um, have a bit more of a drink. Look, I like it. I think it's quite good. I think it's a really nice balance between the IPA hops and like the sourness. Mm. Like I, I think both are very intense, but they balance reasonably well. And I think it's something that 
it'd be a nice just like one off sipping me you wouldn't have two of these that'd be way too much mm. um and not just because it'd be too much flavor but what was another reason why we wouldn't want to drink another one of these oh. probably jesse oh 8.5 percent and <laughs> 2.7 standard drinks Aaron, <laughs> so much is quite a few standard drinks to, is, to have in a can that's a number um and I think, I think Aaron, that to drink excessive amounts of this beverage mm-hmm. would be um, entering the realm of, of uh, irresponsible. Oh, yes, yeah, um, that would be bad. If you are wanting to transport yourself, however, <laughs> transport to another to another galaxy. <laughs> Another plane of existence. Then, <laughs> by all means, uh, this will get you there. This will um, get you We there. don't recommend it or endorse it in any way whatsoever. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> no, this, is, this is definitely this is definitely a, um, mm. you know, have, have one of these. In, enjoy the experience of being um, ass- ass- assaulted <laughs> by, by the uh, sour IPA. Um, it packs a punch. I don't think I've I've quite had a beer like this one. It is um, very unique. I'm very pleased that I have been given the experience, mm. Aaron. Um, would I make this a part of my regular repertoire? Um, probably, probably not at the moment because I don't really? really I don't really have a regular repertoire of, of <laughs> drinking. <laughs> Come on, I, don't just, tease me like this. I don't, I don't, you like it or not? <laughs> I don't drink. I don't drink a lot um, <laughs> <What> is, <laughs> during during the week. Um, <laughs> is it good? Is it good? Is it best beer ever? It's definitely not the best beer I've ever had. I'm sorry. Is it, is it um, worst beer ever? It's not the worst beer I've ever had. I'm sorry, but that one is, at the moment, strictly reserved for Hargraves Hill. No, but remember, um, remember our rating system. Best beer ever is just better than meh. And worst beer ever is worse than meh. Come on! I hate this rating Get on system. board! It's like a three-point rating system! It's meh. It's meh? It's okay. Meh. All right. Yeah. I think best beer ever. Best I think delicious. Ever. Um, look, I would probably definitely not drink more than one of these at a time because I just blow them? my brain out. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. yeah, but, um, but I think delicious. I think a great way to start an evening. Um, mm. yeah, I'd recommend it. Cool. Honestly, if I could find this somewhere closer than Merbu North, <laughs> um, that would be amazing. But mm. if you live in Gippsland, goddamn, go get one. A part of me wonders, Aaron... What this drink might have tasted like had of you actually like adequately refrigerated it before <laughs> what, I, before what I got you here. What do you mean, Jesse? Now <laughs> it's crisp. Now I, I don't think I've mentioned this yet. Now, if I have mentioned this at the start of the podcast, and I am in fact repeating it, then I think that tells you everything you need to know about jamming two point seven standard drinks into a can. Um, but Aaron, Aaron picked me up from work. Because he's a good boy. Oh, yeah. And Give we got it. here to record a podcast, and Aaron hadn't even bothered to refrigerate these beers. <laughs> uh, he put them in the freezer for about 15 to 20 minutes, and then we drank it. I'm a busy boy. Um, and so I do wonder what this would taste like properly chilled. Um, did you just get two of these cans? Mm. Okay. We might they have were to, pricey, actually. Yeah, we might have to um, do a bit of a study offline. Mm. Um, and see what that is like, uh, pro- properly chilled and and report back. But um, yeah, I I think even at this <laughs> lukewarm temperature, I I'm still kind of enjoying mm. it. And honestly, it's definitely the if you like if you're an IPA kind yeah. of person, I reckon you'll probably get a kick out of this. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, if if Aaron, you were planning on getting me a present for. My birthday, yeah. which, which is tomorrow. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, I'd just encourage you to try a little harder. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> I get you this obscure bullshit can out of the bottom of my heart, and you throw it in my face! Oh, I love you, Aaron. I love you. <laughs> Give a point. <sighs> uh, no, um... Aaron, thank you very much for, for getting this can um, and this drink. I, I do like the novelty of it. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, I very much enjoyed 
the uh, the episode today on spirituality and religion in in mental health. It's definitely given me a lot of food for thought. Oh, good. Um, and I I very much look forward to kind of thinking about and applying that a bit more into into my own practice. Yeah, after um, doing all this research, I'm like thinking about it a lot more now mm, as well. Mm. Yeah. Aaron, I'm pretty excited. I'm excited. Why am I excited, Aaron? Because it's the end of the podcast and you get to go home. Yes. <laughs> but but I'm also excited because we are one podcast closer to, to having a guest on. Oh, yeah. We have a few guests lined up over I think I promised uh, a guest last a week weeks. and then I lied did um, we? To, I, I definitely. You did. I, yeah. I, I oh, you I, did. Yeah. I lied. Yeah, yeah, you no. are a liar. No, but we do um, have. A, yeah, we do have like. We, we, we have, have like three. We have three lined we have three up. Three lined up, which is and, really good. Um, they're all really awesome. Yeah. Very I th- like. I think I'm kind of like. This is like these people are too good to be on our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have one returning guest, mm. uh, which we are very excited for. Oh, a friend yeah. of the podcast, um, Josh West. I was going to suggest that our guests maybe have a crack at guessing, um, but you know, go, <laughs> go and spoil it for everyone. Josh West will be returning to the podcast. That's great. Um, he's going to deliver us a really good episode on um, you know, the sort of drugs that psychiatrists um, prescribe. Uh, for various mental health conditions, which I think is a very important podcast for, for yeah, people yeah. to get around. And Absolutely. then we, uh, we have a couple of others lined up that I think, um, you know, you, the listener, are yeah. going to really, really Some real, get like, real experts in yeah. their area, yeah. which, yeah. We feel very privileged. They're really to have, slumming it coming to onto these, our podcast. <laughs> guests coming, coming on. But, um, <laughs> cool, yeah. I look very forward to doing that with you, Aaron. Um, right. And... Thanks, everyone, for listening. It was great. Um, Yeah, see you next time. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for listening to Beer Supervision, the podcast where we talk about the joys of working in mental health over a cold brew. We record every two weeks, often with guests from the mental health field. If you could leave us a rating on iTunes, that would really help us out. Or share it with someone who might find it helpful. If you'd like to contact us with feedback or questions, or even just to say hi, definitely do at beersupervisionpodcast at gmail.com. And you can find Beer Supervision on Facebook and Twitter. Our opinions are our own. The beers we drink are chosen just by us. And we don't receive any sponsorships. We'll see you next time.